Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Welcome you into and thank you for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates, Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner, and myself. My name is Chris Vaughn. Really do appreciate you spending the time. Here's how you reach out 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030. Always available online day and night, America's Retirement Headquarters.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about common mistakes to avoid in this market. We're going to hear from Vice President Mike Pence on what he did after he found himself suddenly retired and uh and more all this and more first let me check in with the guys nolan scott glad to be with you as always how we doing today i'm doing great yeah nolan welcome back from uh, dc yeah in the hot seat literally it's uh, hot here in northwest ohio so i think we're gonna set some records this week absolutely again as we always talk about here on the show it's not always going to be those you know 72 and and sunny days you're gonna have your warmer days you're gonna have your colder days over the course of your retirement so you need to make sure that you're prepared for that with proper planning to be able to withstand whatever may come down the line. And that's what we want to get you thinking about, not just thinking about it, but also uh, offering up suggestions and solutions to help make those possible. So again, the number uh, when you're ready to get in touch, 419-794-3030. Let's go and talk, talk about something that is uh, not quite so sunny and great. The chair and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, he's making waves with a gloomy outlook on the economy. Jamie Dimon, pessimistic about avoiding a recession. It's a hurricane. Right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. Everyone thinks the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or Andrew or something like that. And you you better brace yourself. It was reminded of one of my favorite sayings. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. It was a little bit more drastic than a hurricane. But let's talk about that. What do you do before a hurricane? You go into protective mode. You board up your windows. You lay those sandbags. You get food and water, things like that. Do we need to be doing the same, guys, when it comes to our retirement money right now? Uh, absolutely, we do. But, you know, I lived in Naples, Florida. I moved down there um, uh, many, many years ago. And, um, you know, the craziest thing for me, being uh, born and raised in Northwest Ohio, we have tornadoes here. But when, when I took the job in Naples, Florida, one of the things they did when, uh, you know, the new employee orientation was they made sure that everybody understood the hurricane evacuation routes. I mean, it was crazy that I would be driving down the streets, you know, and and you would see these signs posted all over. You know, I love seeing the palm trees and the flowers, you know, every day Uh, it's paradise down there. But, you know, to see the evacuation routes and one of the things they wanted to make sure was make sure that you have all of your uh, belongings, everything that you need to grab and go. Because they said, literally, when hurricane hits and it's time to evacuate, you evacuate. Uh, and it's it's very similar to, uh, you know, what we're experiencing in the market right now. It's very, you know, up and down, you know, the, the volatility is crazy. And I know with a hurricane, you don't get hurricanes every year. You know, sometimes you get really bad ones that hit certain areas. But it's not something that happens all the time. And we've had many conversations. We talk about the market is acting right now and and it's crazy right now. But you could go back and look, you know, four or five years prior to uh, COVID. It was pretty stable, right? I mean, it's it's totally different now. 
So for me, it was a little crazy to see the hurricane warnings and, and um, uh, all of the signs and, and being prepared to, you know, if that hurricane hits, to be prepared to get the heck out of Dodge. How do you do that uh, with, with investments? Yeah, you know, luckily for here in Northwest Ohio, we don't have to worry too much about hurricanes nope. coming off of Lake Erie. No, not at all. <laughs> but, you know, we have tornadoes, we have high winds, we have, you know, the, the big heat wave that's going on right now. And obviously, you know, there's people that don't have the ability to have the air conditioning, which is why I think the libraries are open a little bit later. It's why the uh, senior centers are doing some things to, to help people out. But when you're talking about your investments, it really comes back to the concept of what I was talking about, which is about building an all-weather portfolio. So if you think about it, you stood outside every single day here in Northwest Ohio, you'd have some beautiful days. You'd have days like today where you want to be indoors because it's too hot, and then you'd have days when it gets you know too cold. And that's kind of like what the stock market investor feels. You know, they don't know what the weather forecast is going to be within the market. And so one of the things that investors can do is build an all-weather portfolio. And that is making sure that you're staying inside. You set the temperature to 70 degrees. And no matter what the weather is outside, you know, things are kind of nice and comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the common approaches to help with that is what's called asset allocation. And asset allocation in the traditional sense is taking money and putting uh, a certain amount of money in stocks and then a certain amount of money in bonds. Mm -hmm. And usually what happens is stocks go up, bonds go down. But this year in 2022, we actually have not seen that happen. You've seen both stocks and bonds go down because bonds have been under pressure because of uh, rising interest rates and then, you know, stocks because of the uncertainty with the, the leadership in this country, uh, with inflation, with uh, you know, the potential issues with Ukraine and Russia, there's a lot going on. So a traditional approach of asset allocation really hasn't kind of worked so well. And that's why, you know, when looking at building an all-weather portfolio, what you want to do is maybe look at things from a different standpoint. You know, one of the primary goals of building that all-weather portfolio is to avoid significant losses and, and really prolong periods of time with poor performance. And the way that you can do that is to develop an approach and what we call the independent income system, and which is really designed to look for different buckets of money, all designed to do different purposes. And also a unique strategy with uh, all-weather portfolio is utilizing maybe some alternatives in the strategy. So you can have things that, you know, are long and short strategies within the market. Uh, you can utilize some option-type strategies to help minimize downside risk, uh, be able to use some arbitrage or leverage and really unconventional assets are things to kind of consider or using alternatives like we've talked about fixed index annuities as a bond alternative. And by doing that approach, you know, can kind of help you weather the storm. When you're building out your independent income system for those folks that are close to or in retirement time, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have money set aside for the next one, two, or three years in investments that maybe aren't exposed to stock market losses and risk. So if things do go bad, you've got that money that you could count on for quite some time. Then you want to have a bucket of money that's designed to give you a pay raise in the future because as inflation points out this year, things are going to continue to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. Even if they get inflation under control, things are still going to get more expensive. You can consider using some alternatives that are uh, things that are other income-producing assets, maybe alternatives to the stock market. And I think, you know, within the stock market, if you're selective right now, there's some really good opportunities. So, again, an all-weather portfolio is what I would say uh, on how to get prepared for the hurricane that uh, maybe is already here.
Sure, sure. You know, I heard on the, um, uh, heard on the radio last week or so, and they were talking about inflation, the cost of things, and they even talked about, are we ever going to see things get back to where they were prior to this hurricane hitting? You know, I mean, when you think about that, people are still driving, people are still going to the store, people are still doing all of this stuff. Are we ever going to get back to the low prices when you go to the grocery store? You know, it's, it's, boy, it's hard to say because people are still paying it. They're still going out to dinner. They're still going to the movies. They're still, you know, tr doing some things like that. People are accustomed to it. Do you think we'll ever get back to dollar thirty nine gallon of, of milk versus three thirty nine? It's they kind of set a precedence. Hey, people will pay it. We don't need to go back to dollar thirty nine. Maybe we could go to two thirty nine. People will be happy that they've got a dollar off now and we're going to make a buku bucks. Interesting thought. Yeah. There was actually something I heard uh, in regards to that uh, earlier this week as well, where they were talking about, you know, at the beginning of the year, the government said that. They had a, a goal to get back to the two points, uh, two percent, three percent inflation that we have seen previously. That's not going to happen. I can go and go on the record and say that. And, and most of America feels that way. They think that we're going to hopefully see a decrease, but still be in the six percent, seven percent range next year sometime, uh, and then maybe two years after that. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You never know. Uh, but that it is important to have, uh, you know, that all weather portfolio have have that plan put together. That is going to factor in inflation. Hopefully not as magnified as it has been in the past year, but have that growth potential in there, but also have, you know, some, some more structured uh, sources of income that aren't tied to the market, as Nolan pointed out there, uh, whether it is a hurricane that's coming or, you know, a, a heat wave or uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the video of the ice storm in Mexico City earlier this week. It's just a freak ice storm that, like, put the entire city under the ice. These wow. are things that they do happen, unfortunately, and, and you can't necessarily know what's going to cause them. You don't know what's going to cause the next market downturn. But you can bet your bottom dollar that that's something that is going to happen over the course of your retirement. So you need to have that plan put in place ahead of time. You need to go ahead and, and weatherproof your retirement plan. And that is something America's Retirement Headquarters can help you out with. All it takes to get started, ping up the phone, give a call, 419-794-3030, or go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com because it is a question that a lot of retirement investors are asking as the stock market continues to fall into correction territory. Is it going to go even lower? Is it going to crash? I feel like this is where having a review, a portfolio review with you guys uh, is one of the best ways to be ready for whatever may come. Is that right? It really is. It's a good time to take a look at it. Good time to get educated. And I'd say part of it is looking at things from a historical perspective. You know, they say that history doesn't always repeat itself, but it oftentimes rhymes. If we look at what is called intra-year declines versus calendar year returns, you know, if you go back to 1980, the S&Ps down can, depending on what day of the week you look at it, somewhere around 20%. Uh, so we know that in 1987, as an example, at one point, the S&P 500 index was down 34%. Uh, by the end of the year, it actually finished positive up 2%. Uh, we also had uh, 2001, the S&P was down 30% at one point. 2002 is down 34% at one point. And of course, 08 being the biggest one where it was down 49% at one point. Mm -hmm. 08 that was. And then 09, it was actually down one point. It was still down 28% in the beginning of the year. But at the end of the year of 2009, it finished up 23%. So using historical perspective, you know, uh, we're down um, about where it's been. Um, and it's only been about 20% of the time that the market has been worse, more down than it is now. So that would say maybe, you know, some of the worst has passed. You can also look at what 
the average return of an investor has been if they invested right after the bear market happened. So again, a bear market is declined, defined as a 20% drop in the stock market. And history has shown that oftentimes it's a 20% recovery in about the first year by getting invested after the market you know, has the downturn. So there's a lot of things that could say, be selective on what you want. I'm not saying that the end is here. In fact, one of the other things that we take a look at is what is called the Cape Schiller Index. So Dr. Robert Schiller, who won the Nobel Prize in economics for his Schiller P.E. ratio and ability to look at the stock market valuations, the Schiller P.E. ratio is still at about 29 and a half. And, uh, you know, the historical average where the market should be fairly priced is more in that 16 to 17% range. So according to the, the Schiller P.E. ratio, the market right now is still risky and dangerous. It's still come back uh, off the highs. But the Schiller P.E. ratio uh, at that measurement of almost 30 shows that the risk is as elevated as it was back in 1929. Uh, so it still is somewhat of a dangerous time to, to take a look at some things. So again, going back to know what you own, own companies that are financially sound, that have lots of cash and low debt and can weather the storm. That's the message of what you want to take a look at and then start selectively looking at uh, some buying opportunities that are out there. We have had, in historical perspectives, we've had markets like this. This year, 2022, is one of the worst starts for the stock. If you look at the 10 worst S&P 500 index returns year-to-date by the end of April, you know, you can go back to 1932. The market was down about 28%. Several times that you've had market pullbacks, we've had that. And for the rest of the year, what it shows is that the average return after April of the 10 biggest declines that we've had in the history of the stock market, the average has been a 10% increase. Uh, the median has been about a 13% increase. The percentage of time that was positive after this pullback was 67% of the time. So again, put odds in your favor don't make the emotional decision to bail just because the market's down. In fact, the odds are getting more in your favor right now. Uh, just be, again, selective on what you look at, and there could be some really good opportunities. One of the things that we've been talking about, too, and is another opportunity alert for those of you that are listening, you know, if you have a traditional retirement account, an IRA, what you're doing is you're deferring taxes to later. And you're saying to the government, I'll pay taxes later. Well, one, the government spent so much money that tax rates might be higher in the future. Mm -hmm. The current tax code is set to expire in the year 2025, so tax rates for a lot of people are already going to go up. And with stock prices down, you know, one of the ways that you turn panic into opportunity is to consider the strategy of a Roth conversion. You know, so if you had $10,000 in an investment account, and let's say because the market's down 30%, your account's now worth $7,000. You can convert and pay taxes on the $7,000 versus the $10,000. And then if you follow the rules of a Roth IRA, when you have that recovery, if it goes back up to $10,000, that $3,000 increase could be tax-free money. So that can be a way where if you look at the market right now, you don't make a panic situation, you turn it into an opportunity. Yeah, that's a that's I love that concept. I love that idea. Uh, Nolan, I do have a question for you though. This is something that's always kind of confused me. So in those years where it's dropped like 
you were mentioning 40 some percent. So if my portfolio drops, let's say 30%, and at the end of the year, it comes back and it's a gain of 2%, am I going to recover that 30% loss in the rest of that year? Yeah, so if you look at that inter-year chart that I was talking about, so inter-year market returns versus calendar year returns, you know, at one point, again, the stock market was down in our example. So it was the year 1987, and I actually okay. remember 87 because <laughs> I was cruising to Defiance in my dad's blue Astro van, and I just remember <laughs> the AM radio being cranked up as the crash of 87 was happening. So again, in 87, at one point, the uh, market being the S&P was down 34%. So okay. if you looked at your account on that day, it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, my $100,000 account's down 34000 But if you just close your eyes and held on by the end of the year the market actually was positive two percent so you know the hundred thousand dollars went you know all the way down to sixty six thousand mm-hmm. dollars but by not panicking and doing nothing by the end of the year it was back to a hundred and two thousand dollars so again you know when things are bad people tend to get a little bit of emotion and sure. i understand it it's, no it's money when you're looking at it but the way that somebody actually loses money is when they sell. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you sell, right. you've yep. locked in your loss. You're going to wait till things get better. You really don't have the opportunity for when the market recovers. And, you know, nobody can predict short term when the market's going to bounce back. So making that emotional decision to get out and wait till things get better can be costly, like what the history has shown. Yeah, my wife asked me the other day, she said, uh, you like watching the market? I says, yeah, you know where I work, right? You know, <laughs> and uh, um, she says, well, what should I do? I said, absolutely nothing. I said, you're young enough to just let it ride. It'll come back. But like you said, I mean, it hurts to look at it. You just don't want to see it. It's like when you go in the gas pump and you see $5 or more a gallon. That really hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, the unfortunate thing with that is you see it every time you drive anywhere. But, uh, yeah, sit tight and relax, and, you know, if you've got time, it'll come back. Yeah, you say it hurts, but it doesn't have to hurt if you look at it in the exactly. right context. So, again, yeah. how do you look at it in your portfolio and say, how do I take this situation, which may seem painful, but put it uh, in my advantage? And, again, ways you can do that is you can potentially pay lower taxes now mm-hmm. by considering the Roth. My youngest son, I, uh, just this week, he was saying, Dad, whatever you do when you get home, you know, we got to sit down and look at some of the stocks because he sees where some of these values are. So, again, if you're selectively picking things out, it's actually volatility creates opportunity. This is an opportunity. It's all in your perspective of how you look at things right now. Uh, and I'd say it's a good time to take a look at things. Again, I'm kind of biased because I'm an owner of the company and I do this, you know, all day long. And this is what I've done since I've been 18 years old so for the past 28 years one of the ways that you can learn more so if you if you want to turn panic into opportunity i'd say if you haven't been out to one of our upcoming events i would highly encourage you to register for one of our upcoming events we've got you know quite a few great events coming up where we're going to be talking about the retirement basics and getting involved in that we've got all the dates located on our website america's retirement headquarters.com just click on the events tab and what you're going to find there is both in our ann arbor office 
Uh, we've got some dates that are coming up here. And then we also down here in our Toledo office here in Maumee, uh, we've got some dates that are coming up. Uh, we've got Coffee Talk on July 15th as an example. We've got in July on the 25th and 28th, Retirement Today how to prosper in a period of decline. So very timely topics that we'll have available for you. And we can kind of coach you through the process. It's as easy as, again, going over to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com, clicking on the events tab and registering for one of our classes that we're teaching uh, at our local university. And uh, happy to keep you in the loop and uh, help you out. Again, being able to continue the education beyond the show, uh, you know, getting FaceTime with, with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters in these educational settings. You can find out more about those by going to americasretirementheadquarters.com, clicking on the events tab. It, it really is all about finding uh, opportunity in times that would otherwise be panic. You don't want to do the opposite of what everybody knows, or everyone has certainly heard the saying, buy low, sell high. You don't want to find yourself selling at lows because you panic. And if you have a little bit of discipline on your side, and I think that helps with having a plan put in place, you don't have to do that. And you could, in fact, you know, instead of selling low because you're, you see the numbers going down, being able to to shift that mindset and buy in. Uh, this is not new. This is this is consistent messaging uh, here on the show. It has been this way uh, since the show started back in, in 2020 because it is something that is tried and true. It is something the team at America's Retirement Headquarters has been doing. Again, uh, Nolan, you said before, you know, between everybody in the office combined uh, 100 plus years of experience. They have seen these ups and downs. And while history, like he says, doesn't, doesn't repeat itself. It certainly, it certainly does rhyme. And so uh, being able to, to know that, know that the markets will go up, go down. If you have time on your side, then it is okay to stay in the market. But if, you, if you're closer to retirement, that is where having that independent income system comes in. That is where having that uh, all-weather portfolio really comes in to know that you know, you've got uh, consistent income available to come in for the next two or three years and, and be able to, to ride out those storms. It's really easy. Pick up the phone, give a call, take that step now, 419-794-3030. Or you can go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. And like we said earlier, don't forget to click on the events tab there to see about the uh, upcoming workshops and classes that are coming up at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Because it turns out that the financial decisions that you make now, even if you are close to retirement, they can have a major impact even long after you leave the workforce. What are some of the most common mistakes that uh, savers make that can jeopardize a plan and make it difficult to get back on track? Yeah, so some good tips out there. There's some things that you can do as an investor right now, again, to avoid mistakes. So one of the things that you can do right now is make sure that you rebalance your portfolio. Uh, oftentimes, people will look to rebalance their portfolio. Um, you could do it monthly, quarterly, annually, or do it in times where the market is abnormal. And one of those times right now is an abnormal time in the market. So rebalancing your portfolio helps ensure that it's really diversified, stays on track to reach your goals. And really what it does is it forces you to kind of sell off some of your winners and you know maybe buy some of the losers. But those losers, again, could be good companies, just temporarily discounted in, in price. So rebalancing is a great strategy to make sure that you're booking uh, in the portfolio. Another one that's difficult is like a choosing your own investment strategy. So actively managing your retirement funds is riskier. It might be more time consuming. Um, when it's our own money, we oftentimes will make irrational decisions. And the last thing you want is your behavioral bias to get in the way of your own retirement funds. So, Nolan, are you when, when you say that, are you you're not talking about me doing my own investing and, and moving? You're more talking about 
paying attention to what you're you have and being proactive by maybe contacting you or are you talking about the first first thing well it can be both so i mean number one is i think the person who looks at their investment account every single day uh, will probably just get more gray hair like i have <laughs> it's not a good idea to look at your account statement every single day um, you know, some days I get on there when the market's up a lot and I look at it and I, you know, share with the boys on how good the day is, but not every day is that good. Uh, so you don't want to look at your investments all the time. And then what I was talking about is what I would refer to as people who like to do it themselves with their own investment approach. When we teach a lot of the classes out there, you know, we do run into people who like uh, to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's not a good thing. Uh, even our clients might have what we refer to as a sandbox account where they pick things sure. out. The difficult part about managing your own money is it allows your emotions to get back involved in right. the process. And it's not to say that you had to have us or an investment advisor manage your portfolio, but sometimes it's good to have a consulting relationship where, you know, it's like you have somebody leaning over your shoulder and giving you advice on okay. what the moves to make is. So you can bounce those ideas so you're not letting your own emotions, uh, you know, make those decisions. The other thing is, is uh, another mistake is one I just talked about a couple of minutes ago, and that's forgetting about tax diversification. So, again, what has happened and what I've seen in my 28 years of experience is the majority of people have the lion's share of their money saved up in tax deferred retirement accounts mm -hmm. because they were told when they get older and retire, they'll be in a lower tax bracket. So save money today. And sometimes that's true when you're in your high income earning years. But still to this day, you know, people have a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. if they're not working, they have more free time to go spend time with their kids and grandkids. Mm -hmm. Like, I know Courtney's at the Outer Banks right now, and her you know, parents and grandparents are down there. The retirees today are living comfortable, that's saved and invested, and they're doing the things that they want to do. Their tax rates may not be lower in the future, let alone the fact that the government has to address the issue of their spending that they have. Mm -hmm. So don't forget about your tax diversification. If you haven't built up and started to build up tax-free funds, now may be one of the best times to do that. And, and then the last one I'd say is not considering all of your retirement expenses. You know, I know, Scott, we've talked about different retirement expenses and, and health care being one uh, tends to be a big expense to watch out for. I just heard on the, ra on the radio the other day, Bernie Sanders, and they were talking about health care. You know, it's kind of funny. We haven't heard anything about health care because of all of the crisis that we got going on right now. And if those weren't there, we would hear all about health care. But they were talking about putting dental, vision, hearing in standard Medicare. Well, yeah, that's a great idea, and I think that's that's something that should be done. But, you know, buyer beware, that's going to cost money. They're not going to give you those benefits without charging you a premium. So it's another way for them to get another probably 30 to $40 a month out of you. So a lot of people don't really take in all of uh, the different uh, long-term care expenses, your out-of-pocket expenses, your deductibles, and, you know, your prescription. Prescriptions are one that can absolutely break the bank and and i've seen that happen in uh you know quoting some three or four or five thousand dollar a year cost for prescriptions for clients is um it's it's really tough for them to swallow and if you don't prepare for that and take it uh, you know that into account it could really blow up your uh, your retirement and these are all the common mistakes that people make that can derail a plan without them even really realizing it and it is important to and i think it's 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 very important to be aware of it ahead of time because you can 
correct course, avoid making these mistakes, you know, rebalancing your portfolio over time. Taxes is huge because that money, markets are going to go up and down. They're going to fluctuate. If you've got time on your side, you can stay the course. But as we say many times here on the show, you write that check to Uncle Sam, it's not coming back. So uh, as important as anything else, healthcare expenses, definitely a major thing because you don't necessarily know how much it is going to be uh, in retirement, but developing a plan uh, ahead of time is is being being proactive is, is the best way to go there. And that starts with a simple phone call to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. 419-794-3030 is how you do it. You can go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. Don't forget, when you go to the website, click on the events tab over there. Register for one of the upcoming classes and workshops they have going on at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now, Nolan, you were recently uh, out there in D.C. and you had the chance to speak with uh, President Mike, or Vice President, excuse me, Mike Pence, who joked about his forced retirement early last year. And we had a chance to, to ask how he and his wife handled the sudden change. Here's what he told us. Karen and me, the first thing we did when we left office was we went home. And we moved back to Indiana. We bought five acres in a pond. I think the best advice I got from folks is when we went through that transition was just to take time. Take time to decompress. Take a few months before you commit to anything in particular and take some time to reground, refresh. Now, is that the kind of advice that you pass on to clients as they enter into retirement? Yeah, you know, definitely in his situation, it was forced retirement. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was actually really cool being out in Washington, D.C. I hadn't been there for quite a few years. In fact, my wife had never been there, so she got a chance to go out there. Uh, and we got to see the White House, visit all the war memorials, and um, hit a couple Smithsonian's. And it was uh, myself and 40 people got invited to uh, hear Pence speak. And I got front row center, so I was about awesome. six feet away from him. Came up, shook my hand, got a photo op with him. And really neat. But, you know, when we, we think about it and we're thinking about how his forced retirement and how that applies in our world, you know, from an investment standpoint, there's a couple of different reasons I would say that I see people get forced into retirement, right? Uh, so number one, you oftentimes have a healthcare related mm-hmm. issue that comes right. up. Um, and you know, those healthcare related issues, you know, luckily today with affordable care, you're able to get health insurance because, you know, back in the good old days, you may be in really big trouble if you got exactly. forced into retirement because of the healthcare and there wasn't an option available for you. Helping navigate those options for healthcare is, is absolutely something that, you know, Scott and our team can help with. Um, the other issues of forced retirement, if you have like a, a plant closure, you know, we saw uh, within COVID, there was a lot of businesses that didn't make it and people were planning on maybe another five years and, you know, wanted to have another run at it. And, you know, fortunately that didn't happen. Um, I think Pence maybe wanted to have another run at it for another couple of years and <laughs> that didn't happen. Right. The, the other thing, though, is, you know, if you, if you have been planning up to this point and if you've been planning all along, you know, forced retirement's fine. Like he said, he went back home. He's back in Indiana. He's living, you know, on uh, his acres that he has out there. He talked about his pond and, you know, his grandkids are there. He's loving life. So there's a great book. It talks about from success to significance. And I think that's one of the ways that I would say most retirees can look at things. So how can you go from success to significance? And, you know, what does that look like in your situation? So that could be you getting involved in uh, a charity that's important to you, you whether it's going out and and serving. I know at Hooves personally, uh, there's a lot of retirees that come out there that help around the farm and help take care of the animals. Um, They cook food during the retreats. They help clean up, get the property ready. Um, There's so many great organizations that, 
you know, you can go from taking your success and finding significance. And in fact, that's what we're here talking about today. And, and that's why we've been doing the show on the committed to the 419, because there's so many great organizations that are making a difference right here, you know, in our area and being able to do that. So that's what I would say. Scott, anything that you would add to that? Well, you know, you're absolutely right, Nolan. You know, you want to take the time to kind of catch your breath, you know, especially in the role that he was in. But if you think of, I don't want to say the everyday person, but I, I guess it is the everyday person. You know, when you work 30, 40 years of your life and then all of a sudden you're done working, you do need to take a, a step back, catch your breath and figure out exactly what you're going to do on a day to day basis. You know, and uh, like you said, I, I think volunteering is tremendously important. It keeps you going. It keeps you from sitting in and uh, basically just kind of sitting there waiting to do nothing and, and, and you know, right away. And, and, and that's not good for anybody. So, you know, being prepared for like when COVID shut down all of these businesses, you know, if you were prepared or close to retirement uh, and, and properly prepared yourself for retirement, it's probably not as bad as it, it, it sounded and seemed at the time. But if you're not preparing and all of a sudden you're forced out, you're scrambling trying to figure out what the heck you're going to do. So, um, you know, the old uh, Boy Scout motto is uh, be prepared. That's right. And I think that that's something that uh, we all need to do. This is true. I love it. Be prepared. <laughs> As a dad of scouters, uh, yes, absolutely. It's something we've tried to teach people. So it's not too late to get prepared. So mm -hmm. if those of you that are listening today, if, uh, you know, the recession hits that they're talking about and you're forced into retirement, if you're like, uh-oh, I don't know what I would do. Now's the time really to kind of take a look at that plan and figure out, you know, what does that look like? So if anything ever happens in the future, you've got your game plan ready to go and you can turn, uh-oh, and uh, this is going to be a great journey and gives me an opportunity to do the next thing. And so, you know, really, again, going to that next thing, going to significance, um, you know, we've been doing the, the program talking about committed to the 419. Today, we're joined uh, by Jim McIntyre in talking with the Red Cross. And Jim, I really appreciate you being here and talking about ways to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So Jim, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Nolan uh, Scott. It's a, it's really great to be here. And um, there there are a few things you guys have been talking about the last uh, thirty minutes or so that I can um, relate to in terms of the Red Cross. Let's start first with uh, with volunteering. Sure. You know, ninety percent of the Red Cross workforce is comprised of volunteers, and a majority of those volunteers are retirees. Is that now, right? We try to uh, uh, attract people of all ages mm -hmm. and um, uh, the majority of people who have the time to volunteer for the Red Cross are retired and find it very fulfilling because the mission of the Red Cross is to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies by mobilizing the power of those volunteers and the generosity of donors. The Red Cross is funded by the American public. We're not a government agency. So we rely on people even uh, in retirement to um, remember the, the Red Cross and its mission. There are five lines of business that the Red Cross is involved with. It, most people, when they think of the Red Cross, think of mud and blood. Right, right. right. Blood, of course, because the Red Cross supplies about 40% of the nation's blood. Uh, thanks to the generosity of blood donors. 
uh, mud because the Red Cross responds to disasters mm -hmm. like hurricanes sure. and wildfires. Uh, but the vast majority of the disasters the Red Cross responds to, about 60,000 of them every year, are home fires. Wow. Those that happen right in our own backyard. Okay. Sure. In northern Ohio, uh, more than three home fires every 24 hours. We respond to more than three home fires every 24 hours. And when I say we, I mean Red Cross volunteers who will get out of bed at 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. to comfort a family who has just lost everything and to give them some immediate financial assistance so they have somewhere to go and to connect them with uh, other community resources so that they can make a path moving forward to recover from their loss. Talk about a, a traumatic experience in your life and you know like we were saying with you know Pence the unforced retirement you have a house fire and, and if it's bad enough you're basically put out in the street right that second and what a traumatic experience to have I know you know being in the property and casualty insurance for you know 25 years I dealt with that and uh, you know hopefully you have an agent that gives you the proper coverage and the adjusters are there and people come in and they help you uh, you know they'll write that real quick check to get you the uh, hotel that you need to stay in but there's so many other things that are not part of the insurance and that's I think where you guys come in the emotional factor I mean it's just you've got nothing clothing food shelter you're put out and i gotta believe that that's really where you guys shine yeah fire takes away everything it does everything and um when we are at the scene of a home fire within a couple of hours people are still there trying to just recover from the shock of knowing that they've lost everything their mementos uh their family pictures everything uh, Red Cross volunteers are there to provide that comfort as well as an immediate check so at that moment they can mm -hmm. go and find somewhere to, to stay if they don't have anywhere else to stay. Uh, and then, yes, we have volunteers who are uh, mental health professionals, psychologists and counselors who will connect with them the very next day and who will try to assess their, their emotional state and do the best they can to help them at that moment but also to refer them to other professionals who may be able to take a deeper dive into the emotional toll that something like a, a home fire takes. So the Red Cross is basically, there's no boundaries there, right? I mean, you guys are anywhere and everywhere. We respond. Volunteers all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, all across the country. The American Red Cross uh, is located in all 50 states, and uh, we have volunteers everywhere who will respond to disasters. But they, they do more than that, Scott. They, they help our military members and their families. Uh, in fact, the Red Cross was founded by Clara Barton uh, in uh, 1881 in response to uh, what was happening to Civil War veterans. And she was called the angel of the battlefield because during the Civil War she was tending to those, sure. those Civil War soldiers. Uh, so we provide emergency communications to uh, military members overseas when there's a crisis back at home. Uh, we help uh, military members who are returning from deployment reassimilate into society. We help them um, with coping skills and mm -hmm. uh, reunification workshops. Uh, the Red Cross provides uh, several 
services to the armed forces, veterans and their families. There are also people who help teach CPR and first aid. That's another one of the lines of business mm -hmm. training services. So when someone suffers from a cardiac arrest and there's no one else there, if you have been trained in CPR, you may be able to save that life. And you can find a class at redcross.org slash take a class. And it's important that sure. people uh, learn these life-saving skills. That, that's great information. And, and uh, Nolan and the team here kind of make fun of me a little bit because I'm the old guy here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> upstairs we have, uh, what is that, uh, defibrillator thing? Yeah, AED. Yeah, Absolutely. They, they want to practice on me. They want to just see if it works. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, guys, you know. It's uh, just a little shock. It's just a little shock. <laughs> so, no, I did take uh, my CPR training class from the American Red Cross. So, oh, yeah, they actually came into our building a couple of years ago and we offered it as a class. And then, of course, I've taken it through uh, Boy Scouts of America, too. So I think it's just incredible. And, you know, it's a, what's really is incredible is what you talked about with our military forces. So, you know, you know, helping them out when they come back. And again, talking about forced retirement, you know, they need to figure out their blueprint and life because it's not somebody telling them where to be and what to do and when to get up and when to go and that that is a, a crucial time to be able to step in and, and help them out um, are there you know besides th those type of areas are there other services than things that are provided through the Red Cross uh, oh yeah the uh, the Red Cross is uh, uh, tries to connect uh, those who are returning from the military with uh, other community resources uh, people who are um, able to provide job opportunities for veterans, uh, those kind of opportunities, those kind of resources. Uh, we work with people as, uh, as closely as we can to help people, not only in the military, but also, as mentioned before, following a disaster to help them with other resources in the community that might help them find longer-term housing, mm -hmm. replace what they've lost, that kind of thing. We have uh, nurses who are volunteers for the Red Cross who can help people replace their medications or uh, uh, durable medical equipment. You know, the things that you take for granted, Right. Um, those are things that the Red Cross is able to help people with. Uh, and, and in addition to the, the 60,000 or so home fires we respond to every year, we do respond to hurricanes too. Sure. And as you guys mentioned earlier, Northwest Ohio is not an area that's prone to hurricanes, mm -hmm. thank God. Right. So what we do is we try to, and we do, uh, recruit volunteers and train them to deploy to areas that have been hit by hurricanes. Because when that happens, uh, the resources in that area are depleted pretty quickly. Sure. So we try to help by sending people who've been trained to run shelters, to staff uh, mobile kitchens, mm -hmm. and to just provide that comfort to people who, again, have lost everything. I got to believe that, uh, you know, here in Northwest Ohio, like we were talking earlier, you know, we don't have the hurricanes. Nolan mentioned tornadoes are, uh, you know, some things we have to be prepared for here. And I know that the Red Cross, Cross helps with that as well. But I have to believe that taking some, I remember when the hurricane hit New Orleans. Katrina. Or yeah, Katrina, yeah, it, it wiped out New Orleans. The people from Northwest Ohio 
there were people that were going down to New Orleans helping out. And I have to believe that it's a different atmosphere that they're not really prepared for, the volunteers as well. So you train people to go to the different environments uh, is what I'm hearing, right? We do. Uh, and every disaster is different. And no matter how much training you have, once you get to a disaster area for the first time or for the 15th time, you're not really sure what you're going to encounter, which is why training is so important. We oftentimes, because people are so generous, uh, after a major disaster like a hurricane or a terrible wildfire like the ones that have been occurring on the West Coast for the mm -hmm. past several years, uh, people raise their hand. They want to go now. We want them to have a, a valuable experience and to provide value for the people who've been affected by these disasters. So we do require you to train. It's free and it doesn't take much, uh, but you do need to have that training before you just willy-nilly go down into uh, a hurricane-stricken area and try to help. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. We have a structure. The Red Cross it has a structure in place. There's a command structure. There are specific tasks for people to accomplish, and mm -hmm. we try to help people the best we can by making sure our, our workforce is trained. Yeah, I, and I think that's important. You know, I remember when Katrina hit and, you know, the just being in New Orleans and the environment of New Orleans is totally different than Northwest Ohio. Oh, and yeah. The, the heat and the, you know, just everything that was going on yeah. it had to be drastically different. Right, yeah. It, it, especially during a flood, um, you, you really have to be wary of what could be in the water. Sure. If you're sure. responding to a, a, a major flood and you're helping people. And, and I remember when Katrina hit with Hurricane Harvey, more recent, in 2017, we had Red Cross volunteers actually jumping on Humvees oh, wow. uh, with National Guards people taking them uh, through high water areas in order to get to places where they had to be to help people. So yes, yeah, so that's part of the training, is, is to be aware of your environment mm -hmm. And um, and I tell you, Scott, the the volunteers, they tell us that they get more out of it than they think they put into it, than they benefit the people who they are helping. They come back with such uh, swollen hearts, knowing sure. that they've been able to make someone's life better, if not many people's lives better. It's just what, gratifying. So, Jim, speaking of the volunteers, what's the best way for people to reach out and to, to help? Visit redcross.org slash volunteer, and you'll see the number of volunteer opportunities that are available. You could explore those, find out what the best fit is for you, and then contact your uh, local Red Cross chapter to find out when and where you can possibly apply to become a Red Cross volunteer. It's really easy. We have about uh, almost 300 volunteers in Northwest Ohio now. Okay. We're always in need of more. It's, it's like blood. Uh, blood can't be manufactured. There's no substitute for it. The only way to, to have enough blood to put on the shelves in hospitals for patients in need is to have volunteer donors. And the only way to provide uh, disaster relief and service to the armed forces and CPR training services is to have a volunteer corps that will help the Red Cross fulfill its mission. 
So do any of the people that get help from the Red Cross, is there any fees? Does anybody have to pay anything to get any help from the Red Cross at all? There's never a charge for the services the Red Cross provides. Mm -hmm. Uh, As mentioned, we uh, rely on the generosity of the American public, and we find the American public is extremely generous, especially when it comes to times of major disasters. So we just ask people to keep in mind uh, when they're you know, deciding which charities to fund, that they remember what the Red Cross does, mm-hmm. what we've spoken about here today, uh, helping keep a stable, steady blood supply on the nation's hospital shelves and helping people recover from disasters like home fires and hurricanes. That was one of the things I wanted to ask about because it's not just the the high profile disasters like the the hurricanes and and you know the the tornadoes and things like that where people do need help. It, it happens, you know, on a daily basis, right? Where people do reach out to to the Red Cross in, in in times of need. I know as far as like blood supplies go, you know, the blood banks are, are at least in my experience have always been uh, almost too busy in in times of major disasters. But uh, during the quote unquote calmer times, uh, when blood uh, is is in less supply. It feels like that's when people really do need to, if, if they, they have it in them, to help and, and reach out. Well, that is where those those donations are as valuable. Is that a fair assessment? Boy, yeah, you said it, uh, <laughs> especially during the summer months mm-hmm. when people are on vacation. Uh, they're busy with outdoor activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they forget to make their blood donation appointments. And uh, typically during the summer, our uh, blood supplies fall. And so we ask people to keep... Uh, blood donations uh, on their agenda during the summer. Schools are closed, so we have fewer blood drives on the books. And it's just a very difficult time for the Red Cross to help hospitals who are in charge of making sure that patients have an adequate blood supply. So uh, please, if you can, if you're eligible, uh, visit redcrossblood.org to find the the blood drive nearest you mm-hmm. at the time that's most convenient to you and um, and roll up your sleeve and make that uh, commitment to give the gift of life. So um, uh, I don't know. I'm not proud of this, but um, I've actually had some blood drawn the uh, last couple of weeks, and I tell the people that are poking me, um, I don't give blood. You take my blood. Um, <laughs> but the the needles aren't as bad as they used to be for me. Is there anything that that I need to know, like blood type, or um, is there anything I need to know when if I want to go and, and donate blood prior to coming in, in to the Red Cross? Sure. If you visit redcrossblood.org, that's redcrossblood.org, you can find um, a lot of helpful information okay. that can help you prior to your donation. Um, and the donation consists of a couple of components after you make your appointment, and we ask you to do that because mm-hmm. it, it really helps us uh, with, with staffing and planning purposes. After you make your appointment and you show up and you register for the blood uh, donation, you uh, are given a health questionnaire. And you can do that questionnaire the day of your donation online if you go to redcrossblood.org and, and use our rapid pass tool. Okay. It'll save you about 20 minutes mm-hmm. when you're at, at the blood donation site. Um, then we give you a mini physical, uh, take your blood pressure, uh, check your iron levels. Got to make sure that your iron levels are high enough mm-hmm. in order for you to donate. The most important thing to know before a donation is uh, that you're healthy, that you feel well, and that you're well hydrated. 
make sure you drink a lot of water and have a good meal before you have your blood drawn. Okay. That will be very helpful to you uh, during and after the donation process. Oh, things I did not know. <laughs> I asked about the um, the donations in, in quote-unquote normal times only because for better or worse, uh, my son, he has to have labs done uh, regularly every six weeks or so. And he's he's six now, but he's, he's had them done for the most of his life. And, and, you know, no one likes needles. I don't think anyone really likes needles, and especially with a kid. So uh, as a way to show him that uh, I don't want him to do anything that that I wouldn't do. You know, usually whenever he goes and gets labs done, that's that's when I remember because it's every six to eight weeks. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to go give blood. It's the same sort of thing, you know. And so I am aware of that. I hear these stories at the Red Cross. It is a fantastic thing you guys do, both in times of, you know, major crises and just, just every single day I'm reminded of the um, the Mr. Rogers quote, you know. Uh, uh, was When I was a boy, I would see the scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. And the Red Cross is almost certainly going to be there. Those are the people that are helping. Uh, it is a, a very noble cause that you guys do. The Red Cross committed not just to the 419, but, but uh, you know, to the entire country. And so as, as a, Mr. McIntyre pointed out there, redcross.org slash volunteer is the website. Uh, or just redcross.org and explore all the many different options, things that they, they provide for people. But uh, definitely uh, head to that volunteer side of the page. Uh, we appreciate you joining us this, this week. And, and, you know, as we talk about uh, hurricaning and, and all weather reproofing uh, people's retirement portfolios, it's important to make sure that your, uh, your house plan, you know, your, your life plan is, 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 is safe and protected as possible. And so we appreciate you taking the time to spend with us here today. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. It's, it's, it's an important message, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share it with you. Absolutely. And we want to thank all the listeners out there for joining us this week here on America's Retirement Headquarters. One last time, and let me give out the phone number, 419-794-3030. You can always find them online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Please be safe out there. Please have a great week. And uh, guys, as we wrap up, I want to leave you with a final word. Yeah, another great... Uh uh, week on uh, talking about uh, again committed to the 419 so quote this week from uh, Dalai Lama it's the important thing is that men should have a purpose in life it should be something useful something good so again take and turn your success into significance get out there and volunteer get involved and uh, help out the 419 so we'll see you next week folks uh, thanks for tuning in and we are America's Retirement Headquarters home of the retirement guys and America's Medicare Associates America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.